and welcome to the latest episode of Provincial State of Mind with myself, Owen Harrison, Jeff Neville and Tom Savage. This is a podcast focused on all four Irish provincial sides in both the URC and European competitions. We discuss what happened the previous weekend, what we can expect from each province in their upcoming games, as well as any major off-field news. So, gents, Happy New Year to you all and to the listeners as well, all four of them. Um, so, <laughs> hey, Say hello to my mother as well. She's, she's a big, big fan, big fan of the podcast. <laughs> hello mommy three red kings yeah she's li- listener <laughs> listener number five she she started listening last five. week so 25 percent increase <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> great man the metrics the metrics are just they're going so well they are um so then tom the, you promised the listeners during the week you said there was going to be big swimming updates coming how did big, you get on this week big swimming updates i did a breaststroke and then I also managed to master floating on my back, which sounds like that's the like a plank of wood can do that, but I couldn't up until this week. <laughs> so I, I've managed to get the whole floating on my back thing down, which is great, and um, I can now also do a breaststroke or frog swimming. Um, herself is like they said, don't call it that; it sounds stupid. But I look like a frog when I'm doing it, so that's what I'm doing. I'm Wait frog it. swimming. When you're floating on your back, isn't it really surreal when you can't hear anything, but you can see all around you? Yes, it's kind of it. it it'd be very, uh, it'd be very uh, calming, I'd imagine, if I was somebody who was capable of not thinking for for that amount of time. It just kind of basically, you're locked in here with me now. <laughs> it's like no, I, I go back to, to getting the pool noodles and stuff and flopping them around for a bit because there was a uh, my uh, partner's uh, nephew and niece were there with us this time. So basically, I spent the majority of the time in there, as well as get, doing a breaststroke and being very oppressed of myself, just throwing them around in the water, which was which is good fun and it's great cardio. <laughs> so like I looked at my zone minutes, I was just like, wow, <laughs> it's like I'm eating Christmas dinner. This is mad. <laughs> and how, how was your week, Jeff? How, what did you do for the new year? Yeah, it was good. Yeah, um, I'd like to wish Happy New Year to everyone as well, except my neighbour who decided to let off fireworks at midnight and scared a dog on the other side of us, which kept us up till about half one. So Happy New Year to the entire island of Ireland, except for that one person. Except for that guy. Yeah, um, except for that. And you don't know, you see him the next day and he's like, Happy New Year. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Is this? Is it Is a Happy this? New Year? Is, Is this? this? <laughs> it didn't start happy. Did you ask the neighbor's dog, is it happy? <laughs> so yeah, happy new year to everyone bar him. Um, I just don't get it. Like, it's just stop. Like, I, I have no time for fireworks full stop, right? Mexican waves and fireworks, no time for them. Just big bangs of light in the sky. Brilliant. Especially. That's not how a Mexican like, wave works. <laughs> well, we I had mixed uh, them up again. <laughs> we had a we no had wonder a big, I got thrown out of that stadium. Yeah. We we had a big clatter of fireworks uh, where I live. Uh, won't be a surprise to you. Not a surprise <laughs> at all. No. So yeah, happy New Year to everyone. Bear him. Um, other than that, no. Yeah, just been uh, eagerly awaiting Tom swimming update. I actually just said, you know, I'm just not going to do anything, and just hopefully Tom swimming gets me uh, in the. How would you say? In the groove. fitness form, in the fitness groove. Um, what day is today? It's the fourth of January. Hasn't worked yet. Um, do you need? Do you need to gap. get fit? Do you need to turn into a big physical specimen like me? And actually, I bought a watch in the January sales and I asked your man. I was like, "Can I swim with this?" And he said, "Yeah," but I put it on, but I couldn't swim at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, buddy. <laughs> you like him, do you? <laughs> yeah, buddy. You like him. <laughs> oh, and you must be delighted to be back at work to be ordering people about and throwing coffee in people's faces. I only had one day off over Christmas. I had uh, uh, d- the partying never Stevens stops. The Monday. <laughs> yeah, the party never stops. <laughs> I just had the one day off. The Monday over Christmas, I've been working all through. So, um, yeah, working. Sort of... It doesn't count when they're cooking your dinner. That's not you working. <laughs> Where you you you, uh, threw, you threw one of your dog's bodies off a bridge because they cooked your omelet wrong, little little bit too firm. They got me a cappuccino past 10, 10 a.m. <laughs> you off <laughs> In, instant dismissal. You forgot the cranberry sauce. Uh, no, I've worked all through Christmas. Did um, you allow, did and you allow the workers spend Christmas with their families. 
Yeah, we allowed no, them no. to work at home. Uh, yeah, work at home. They, no, they, it's they, they, with my family. Yeah, they're they're driving yeah. over driving over the omelets Christmas morning. <laughs> <laughs> what and kind then, of omelet is this? <laughs> I ordered eggs Benedict. <laughs> um, and then for New Year's Eve, uh, went up to Dublin Zoo for the wild lights. That's cool, That's isn't it? it? That's really that cool. Pretty cool experience. I did, I've never been before. Didn't know what to expect, but absolutely outstanding. And then today I realized how old I am because I slept awkwardly last night and now my back is in bits and I'm wandering around like the hunchback of Notre Dame at the moment. Getting injured. Just yeah. shuffling my getting injured in your sleep is a real letdown, isn't it? Like yeah, oh, just like, you know, this is the opposite of what's supposed to be happening when I'm sleeping. You're like you're, <laughs> yeah. you're the you're the one constant I always had. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm now supposed I can't to wake up feeling better. <laughs> I can't even trust you. I mean, you can't trust sleep. Who can you trust? Yeah, like, I mean, the thing is, I'm, I'm a physical freak, an athletic specimen, so that doesn't happen to me. That kind of thing. Well, I can't even imagine what that's on, like. It's coming. can't even imagine what that's like. As we're making sort of uh, random sounds as you get out of chairs and things. <gasps> I already that. Uh, I yeah. already do that though to establish dominance in the room. <laughs> when you drop Who's the man here? When you drop something, you really have to think about it before you go to pick it up. Stop. Is it, is it worth picking up? Yeah, is <laughs> that worth? Set your hips right. <laughs> Bend the right <laughs> knee. Do you know what? That's not worth picking up. I'm just going to leave that there. Might that's, yeah. where that, that's where that lives there. now. Might as well be in China. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Or can I kick it to some place that makes it easier to pick it up where I can lean on something? Do you know what I love talking about? I love talking about rugby. Do you? Yeah. Do this week. Massive buzz this week. I don't know why. Massive buzz this week to talk about the rugby. The rugby. I presume it was the big Leinster win over Connacht that you want to talk about. A thrilling game, by the way, that I watched. Thrilling. A mile a minute. Had to take the Fitbit off. It was just going fucking, it was ticking too hard for me. It's like, good God, is this actually allowed at this time on TV? Whew. What a game. Are we talking about that one first? Go on, we'll, we'll talk about that one first. I only mentioned it messing, but go on, we'll, we'll talk about it first. <laughs> <laughs> Ulster fans are like, thank you, Jesus. Thank God. <laughs> so, uh, Leinster won 41-12 uh, against Connacht at the RDS. Mm. Game went as expected. Nothing too much. Probably the, the biggest news out of it is the Sexton and David Hawkshaw injuries. Um, it, 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 what was the, what was the prognosis on David Hawkshaw? Uh, I haven't heard anything definite on it yet, but he was in um, one of those moon boots oh. after the game. So never uh, they're, they're never as cool looking as look what to, they sound. No, <laughs> it's you're not, not. You're not. Neil you're Ar- not going Neil Armstrong stuff. You're not going to the moon, my friend. <laughs> Rehab room. Yeah, you're going with the Crips. Yeah, I was looking at it though. Like, should Sexton have got a yellow card for that tackle <laughs> if he hadn't been injured? Yep. Probably should. It's a weird one. Like, is it because it was the tackle, like that kind of tackle they are? Well, I won't say they're citing those or guys getting, you know, getting bans because that's not happening. But it's just it's it's a weird one how that one wasn't wasn't picked up. But like he had a fucking not- dent in his cheekbone. <laughs> I'm not picking on Sexton, but if you look at pretty much any 10 tackle offset piece or, and I'm not even just talking about this tackle now, like if you look at any 10 tackle when there's a run up to them, be it offset piece or I don't know, a bit of, uh, a runner finds a bit of space in front of them. Like, like if you're the TMO, you could nearly just look at that tackle like straight away. You wouldn't have to, you know, you wouldn't have to wait for a ref to be like, can you look at that, please? You could literally just look at that tackle and be like, "That's." All. Sometimes you wouldn't even need to look at the tackle. You just yeah, it's like that's a high tackle. There's, there's probably a card is, there. There's a high tackle there. But like is, that's is that's, that's, that's a Sexton speciality, though. But I'm not. Is it again, something I'm, that's I'm not a ten speciality, though? It's, is it, is it's it that they're told defensively to, to like, sort of to bounce the guy down? It's it's to they're it's looking for to, they're looking for the rip. Yeah, hundred percent. And they're also looking to to hold them up that small bit more to get you know the next player in or whatever. Like you look at an awful lot of tens when they're tackling, when a runner is in space in front of them, they don't hinge. They absolutely don't hinge. Like, like the likes of me couldn't couldn't give somebody a high tackle. 
no, I'm, I'd have to, <laughs> I'm at I'm at an age now where I'd have to think about the hinge before doing it. I'd yeah, it's like, is it worth it? No, I'm just going to leave him. Just <laughs> like I had dropped the remote. That's how I would have to play it out. But I mean, I know I look like an elite athlete, but I'm not, you know. But uh, I thought Hawkshaw was good. Um, his try was brilliant. Mm. His try was excellent. Mm. Leinster yeah. on Leinster violence. Tom Farrell was very good as well, I felt. Um, he had a great game. Um, but it kind of it kind of played out the way we thought it would like. And I was actually I was actually watching it with a friend of mine. I did something that I never do. I went to the pub for the match. And, oh, um, yeah. <laughs> What's going never, on like, here? <laughs> I never do that. But uh, Christmas, I suppose. But I walked in and there was a Chelsea game on every single television in the pub. And I walked up to the bar and I was like, and this is a bar like in Meath. And I was like, I don't suppose you're showing the Munster game here by chance. It's <laughs> like, I'll put it on the back bar for you. I was like, sound went into the back bar and a guy came out to me and he was like, no, 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 no. In here. It was like a little like function room off the back bar. <laughs> we were the only two in. <laughs> but um, no, I played out kind of like we thought it did. And, uh, you know, I think, was it like 24, 12 when Carty got that yellow card? And the fellow I was watching with kind of turned to me and he was like, I thought this would be, you know, a lot, a lot um, further apart. And as soon as kind of he said that, Sexton picked up the ball and looked to kick down the line. And I was like, so it begins. And yeah, it, took, it took about 17 minutes later. You know, it wasn't immediate, like, but eventually Leinster just started pulling away. And you're like, there it is. There's the there's what you expected. A scoreless second half from Connacht wasn't great. Nope. Yeah, it was just one of those look. a dull game. Yeah. Larmer was good. Yeah. He was good. Because I feel yeah, like there's something Jordan, good. Jordan Larmer always looks good when he's going forward. But ball in hand, he's fantastic. It's the question marks are on the other side of it. Does it does it feel like um Connacht have regressed a bit this season when the realistically they kind of should have been doing the opposite? No. I I, I think that's that seems to be spouted a bit, but I don't necessarily think it's true. I think if you look at the games that they've played, the opposition that they've played, the uh, conference that they're in, in terms of the opposition that they have to play, I think where they are is probably a fair reflection and they've done quite well to win the amount of games that they have. Yeah, I'm, just, um, I'm just looking at he, this game and I just felt that... like. They loaded up for these series of fixtures that they've had over the last, um, you know, post-Europe, right? Like, they rested a lot of guys. And um, lost at home to Ulster, Ulster without not necessarily playing well. I know they missed that kick right at the end. Um, and then this one where the score kind of got away from them. And, um, you know, it was just weird because I, I kind of, I did expect a bit more from Connacht this season with the guys that they brought in. Um, but yeah, it's like, I, and, and plus I will say they are missing a guy like Gavin Thornbury, who I think is a big, big player for them. Can I phrase the question differently? Yes. Should should a team that's five years into its plan be in thirteenth position right now? No, I would say not. That's what this is kind of what I'm talking about. Like where, um, like I get I get the fixtures. Don't get me wrong. I understand it, and they were away to South Africa, um, that Ulster game, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I get the fixtures they had at the start of the season, but ultimately, you know, you're you're five years into it. Should you be in 13th place? Because well, I mean, I, if, if you look and just going, just going against this, like what, what games do you think that they've lost that they should have won? Because I mean, like if you if you take the start of the season, they they lost to Ulster away again. No shame in that. They lost their both games in South Africa. Fair enough. They beat Munster at home. They kept Leinster within ten points in in the in the sports ground. Beat Scarlets, beat Ospreys away. They got a, lo- a losing bonus point in Tolman Park. Beat Benetton at home, and then maybe the only one you could question is that sort of the two point loss to, to Ulster. I'm looking I mean, at their. Are, are like, any- I'm looking at their stage of development though, relative to where I'm, Munster are at. I'm not. I'm not looking at the games themselves. Like I get the opposition, but surely at the start of of that five year plan, you say in five years time these are the games we will be winning and they're just not. 
But yeah, I, even, even regardless of where you are in your in your thing, what games do you think they're like? Whether they were in year one or year five, what games do you think they should have they should have changed around there? If they're year because, five, like their their like, but their budget their budget decides effectively where they are. Their budget decides they're somewhere effectively. I would say between ten and maybe seventh or eighth. I think they the left. League. I think they left at still, least one of those. Way one of those that, like. Yeah, I think I left. I think they left one of their games in South Africa go that they could have won. They won away in South Africa last season. I think looking at their, mm. I think looking at their, I suppose just the, the progress we're looking at. Did they, they look any closer to beating a full strength Leinster side than they did five years ago? Which I think, um, did they, they were at that level five years ago? They don't look at that level, and I, I'm just saying that like that. If that's what they are, fine. But they've got in a lot of guys there. You know, Josh Murphy, Peter Dooley. These guys have actually played quite well for them. You look at David Hawkshaw, played quite well. I'm just thinking, well, like, what's the end game for Connacht here? Like, I know they're like they're moving on from Andy Friend, or he's moving on from them, maybe at the end of the season. But I'm just kind of wondering, like, where where is the step from here, or is it just that, well, this is kind of where they're at now, and that's fine. Like, if 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 this is the, and I, I know I was going to that was kind of a shit house question there. I was going to say, well, if this is the limit of their ambition, that's not that, that's not really what I mean though. Is that like they brought in a bunch of guys? They don't necessarily look any better than what they did last season. Some of the issues that were there last season are still there. That makes sense. But I, I, th- I think a lot of that has to do with budget. I think if you look at their next four games, it's Sharks and Lions at home, and then they play Zebra and Dragons away. To me, that is what that defines their season. Dragons, they get four a, wins out of that. They'll beat Zebra. Dragons is a tricky enough yeah. one, depending on who they have available. Because yeah. I think Dragons have actually been fairly good this season. But you're looking at the Sharks away or the Sharks at home and the Lions at home, they're potentially yeah. tricky enough. Like I think they will go a long way to deciding, as you said there, what the perception of Connacht is yeah. and whether they need another bit of a reset and a rebuild maybe. Which there's no shame in. Like it happens, seems all Yeah, I'm just saying, yeah, devil's, I, I, devil's advocate, I think five years into a plan, you probably should be aiming for top eight and Connacht are struggling. As in they, they need some big wins. They I lost. Mean, those two Interpro losses, I think that like, Connacht should be looking to be beating Ulster at home. Like their performance in that game, given they loaded up players for it, that'd be that, very, that's very the disappointing fair for them. That's that's the fair one, I, I think, in terms of um, questioning. That'd be the that'd be the only result I, I would sort of question whether whether they should have won that. I suppose looking at that Leinster Connacht game again, though, the biggest tell for me throughout the game was. You know, it was actually it was even enough, like in terms of possession and everything like that. But uh, you know, even Connacht had more territory. The tackle count was pretty much the same. But I think the dominance really showed in the offloading game and also the the turnover game. Like Leinster had ten turnovers in that game, Connacht had one. And in terms of uh, in ter- in terms of the um, clean breaks and defenders beating and everything like that. Like Leinster had eleven clean breaks in that game compared to Connacht's three. Like the fourteen offloads compared to Connacht's three, it was very obvious Connacht were kind of struggling with just just struggling power wise, really. To be honest with you, and, and I I, 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 th- I think that really highlighted that through those. And I would say that Connacht have looked. Their game plan has been they've said, and I, they haven't said, but essentially what you can take by their recruitment is power is expensive, too expensive for us. So what we're doing is we're going to go hard on a counter-transition game. They kicked the ball so much against Leinster, looking to try and burn Leinster out. Now, Leinster are also a counter-transition team. It worked for a while. I think Connacht were relatively in contention there for a bit. But I, I just think that, I suppose they need to bring through some of those young forwards. I quite like the look of Sam Illo for a bit there uh, and a couple of other young fellas Dar- as well. Darren Murray was very good. Yeah. Um, they just, again, I think they've gone so hard on counter-transition that they need a lot to go right for them in games to put teams away or to start building a lead or start pulling back a lead. They need a lot to go right for them. And when they're missing the likes of uh, Gavin Thornbury, I think that's a, like, he's a guy, I know I've mentioned him twice now, but he's a guy you think is a big loss for them because he offers so much on the defensive side of the ball on the lineup as well, which I think they did well against Leinster. Like they need to box clever against the likes of Leinster. But, you know, I, I think that's down the line. Um, I think maybe... Should we, weren't we talking about it on this podcast, this very podcast last year, where they were bringing in signing a ton of wingers and and uh, kind of small forward build back rows? Um, I just think that you know, I expected a bit more from them. Is what I'm saying. I, I'm I'm expecting them to be a bit more uh, sticky for a team like Leinster, who were rotating a few guys, 
to be beating Ulster at home. They beat Munster at home. Munster, to be fair, were fairly gash in that game too. But you know what I mean? I mean, I was expecting them to be a bit further on. But I, I will say there is half the season left. So it'll be interesting to see how they build for the rest of the year. I, I think for Connacht, I think this was a game, I won't say that they threw, but that they, they made it clear in their selection that they were happy to expose players for experience in this game rather than look for, a, for match points. They left out Bundyaki, they left out uh, Finley Beelham, and they left out Mac Hansen. Connacht in no way are going up against Leinster without those three, and with any sort of a hope. Any sort of a hope. You need those three. As you said, they, they got the Murray brothers in the second row. Darren Murray looks looked very good. Sam Illo again came on. He won, what, two, three penalties off Porter in the scrum. He, you know, did okay when he was there. They've... They gave the guys a chance. They they gave uh, the likes of Hawkshaw, etc. Time um, looked good. I think this was a game about seeing what the youngsters had. Some of them stood up, some of them didn't, but that was it. I think they're they're looking at the next four games or so. In in that they've got to target the two South African teams that are coming uh, next two home games and get the points there. That moves them back up the table in the league, and I think that's where they go. For Leinster, I mean. Look, it's just business as usual. They rotate players out. They keep enough key personnel in. Um, some really good um, performances, likes of Larmer. Even managed to see Josh van der Fleer on the wing for a few minutes. That threw me. That was... Completely. I won't lie. I, you know you know where I watched the game. We'll say no more. Yeah. But watching that set-piece try and seeing him running in on the wing, I was like, how the fuck... How, how did he? Get, how did he do that break and loop? How did he get there? <laughs> I hear he's actually he's really been working on his uh, high ball fielding. Oh, it was wild, but um, no, yeah. Look, business as usual for Leinster. Yeah, you kind of said it. To be fair, uh, Fel Turner was good. Um, Larmer, we mentioned already. Everything else was kind of just as you expected. Could it like Fun- Leinster, Could Leinster hit fifty? Functional. I don't know how many conversions they missed, but could could they hit fifty? Or maybe close might, to might maybe. I also say bland excellence, where I can appreciate what I'm watching is quite good, but I have very little interest in continuing to do so. Yeah, just very efficient. It's become too run of the mill, run of the yeah. mill, run of the mill excellence, which is like I'm seeing this stuff. Oh, yeah, that's a lovely really? try by Ryan Baird. That's a lovely uh, playing of the Chelsea Dagger. Great song. I love, I love, love that song. And um, no, no discussions about songs, please. No discussion about songs. Chelsea Dagger. <laughs> is a perfectly fine and a, an appropriate song, okay? I won't hear anything about it. It's I, my right. It's my I, right to hear it. I am old enough. I am old enough to remember when Leinster used to play TJ Otzi, Hey Baby, after scores. <laughs> oh, God. That's bring bad. that back. <laughs> bring what that a, back. <laughs> what a tune. Well, for a while as well, weren't they playing the darts music? Like the... I remember, was it after... Was, was it... Um, after France 2007, they used to do the, the music oh, the, after oh, the, kick off. Oh, the fucking oh, the, the, Olay thing. The it's like, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just, yes. just have fellas fucking shouting at a referee like they do in Don Park. As nature intended. To, <laughs> yeah, get the commentators to apologize for any language yeah. you may have heard. <laughs> Sorry, did you hear? Did you hear right, some? Think, did you hear some fell in his thirties after a few points saying "fuck off" on the on the mic? We're very sorry. We're very sorry that you heard that. Yes. Uh, I tell you what, we'll keep the Sexton injury and what the impacts of are when we're, uh, to the end. We'll talk about some other fly half news that's come in uh, today. Um, thank you, Graham. Uh, and we'll move on to uh, Ulster against Munster, uh, the big game, the big game of the weekend. Uh, Ulster 14, Munster 15. Was it a Munster robbery, Tom? Um, certainly the manner of it looks like a Munster robbery, but watching the game back as I did on my my Patreon page for my Wally ratings articles, which are very popular. What, what Patreon page would that be, Tom? Uh, Patreon.com forward slash Fury Kings. It's very popular. People love it. They're always saying how much they love us. Um, I was watching the game back. And um, what I saw during the game was um, Ulster's kicking off nine 
Um, they were doing it with a little bit more volume than what they normally do. They're middle of the road in the URC over the season for number of you know kicks by volume. Um, but against Leinster, they kicked quite a bit. And against La Rochelle, I think they kicked quite a bit. And I wasn't really expecting Ulster to kick all that much in this game because I figure, like for the most part, like Ulster are quite good in possession. Not that there's a, you know, you're either in possession or kicking the ball. There's more complicated than that. But I remember looking at it and thinking that, you know, Ulster's first half, the first 30 minutes, they were quite well balanced with their kicking game and they were getting a bit of purchase out of it. In the second half, they started kicking with a little bit more volume. Um, and I felt that they were tiring themselves out because like, Ulster typically kick off nine. They've got a very heavy pack in general, like their front five plus Dwayne Vermeulen. They don't want these guys running up and down the field 40, 50 meters each time, you know, chasing kicks or running backwards or keeping off sidelines. They don't necessarily want those guys doing that. They want to keep, you know, 25 meters, you know, short enough contestable box kick, use Balakoon, use Stockdale, you know, big tall guys. Um, and in the second half of that game, I felt that they were, they were kicking a bit more than they normally would. And Munster were not giving them any error. Like they were, they were not producing any fumbles under the high ball. Mike Haley was outstanding in this game. Yeah. And I felt that Munster's work in transition, as in uh, after the kick, Munster would start settling into multi-phase sequences, was producing real gains. And yeah, sure, there was, there was faults in Munster's performance, 100%. But I thought Munster's work on transition, certainly in the second half, was really, really impressive. And that's how Munster ended up coming back in and winning this game um, to, you know, all the points that Munster scored in the second half were off the back of, or, you know, the, the source was running back on transition and keeping the ball on multi-phase, which I felt that Munster did really well. So it was a robbery in the way that Munster won the game last minute. But I felt that the way Munster were performing in the second half in particular was looking dangerous and with a little bit more accuracy, maybe even a little bit more speed and, and, and clinicality in the, the execution of, of the tries and the opportunities generated, rather. I think that that's a, at that the game Munster maybe win by more than a point and more than in the last minute. I thought that it was, it was a good performance in that regard, but still a lot to work on from a Munster perspective. Probably just to back up your transition um, statement there and kind of looking to run it back. Probably Mike Haley signifies that. Six defenders beaten, 85 metres made, a clean break in there too. Like he was just looking to keep that ball in hand and go for it an awful lot. Like he had a great game like he had last week as well, like nearly every week to be fair. I, Jeez, I don't think it like I don't want any backlash when I say this, but like I genuinely don't think that Mike Haley gets a lot of the recognition he deserves um around the country. Like I think he's one of the best fullbacks in the country, hands down. Um, but just just some, I suppose, some numbers to back up your uh, transition talk there, Tom. Yeah, I know no, really. I know Owen loves homework. <laughs> I I well I was gonna sorry, say sorry, I think Jeff, you 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 praised Mike Haley there. Could you just throw in a bit of praise there for Hugo Keenan, please? Because uh, we'll we, we have, um, we have people complaining. Uh, Josh van der Fleer is very good. He's ve- Do you know what? He's very good. He's very, yeah. very good. Okay. And just, so, just so people aren't left out. I like, uh, I don't know, pick someone. I like Tom Farrell. There you go. Yeah. There you, anyone out? you go. There you go. Actually, Jimmy, like, o- Jimmy I, O'Brien. I isn't like he, Tom Stewart. Isn't Jimmy O'Brien brilliant? Isn't Fabulous he? Isn't he? Isn't Fabulous he though? Fabulous Owen. Fabulous Owen. Aren't they, all, aren't they all lovely players? Isn't he? Fabulous. Fabulous player. Isn't he Owen? Fabulous player. Is Owen. Owen. He is top. All right. I think, um, I, I think that Ulster Monster game wasn't a steal because I felt it was threatening to happen over and over again. I think if Ulster won that game, now this is going to sound like uh, (laughs) hot takes coming in here. Hang on, (laughs) no, the opposite. It's just going to be like no, that's obvious. Okay, go, go. I think if Ulster won that game, it would have been a case of Munster just running out of time. I agree. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) I know. I know what you're saying. It looked like a robbery because of the nature of it in the last minute, but I thought Munster's performance and the, the the stuff you look at to show is this team playing well relative to the opposition Munster were looking better I thought Ulster were looking a little tired and leggy as they were getting into that last 10 minutes Munster was, had two, case, could two Munster, thirds of the possession 
they had two thirds of the territory. Ulster made 290 tackles. 39 tackles, by the way, for Sean Raphael. Yeah, is that, is that right? That, That's, I accurate. Yeah. That's accurate. That's accurate. And, and Dan, game, Dan McFarland isn't happy with him. Remember that 39 <laughs> tackles? Dan's imagine not a making, happy man. Imagine making 39 tackles in a game. And you have to think of what's the ball and play time there. And then half that as well, because you don't have to, you have the ball for some of it. Like 39 tackles is outrageous. I read that today because I was watching the game and I was like, you know, when you're watching the game, you're like, geez, he's everywhere. Oh, it's him again, him again. And then you're kind of thinking to yourself, I wonder how many tackles he made, maybe about 20 odd, maybe 25. And he makes 39. 39. And it's a bit like there's fellas there like, who don't make 39 tackles a season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was like, I know what Dan Farland, Dan McFarland was saying after the game that they didn't play well and that they were kind of looking a bit careless. But I felt at the time when I saw the 39 tackles, I was a bit like, that's like showing up to a fellow with a 20 euro note you found in the field. And he's saying, why didn't you find 50 euros? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I must say now, in, in terms of the game overall, for me, Munster gifted Ulster everything in the first half what was it, it was 9-0 nine 9-0 nil. Nine, nine nil, yeah yeah 9-0 they gave him the three penalty kicks it was Ulster didn't have to work for it it was literally Ulster kicked the ball they moved it down the game was played almost between the Ulster 10 metre line and the Munster 22 for the for the first half and Munster gave away a couple of soft penalties led Ulster into the game I thought the game changed when Doak came on and played um, was playing scrum half and I thought Ulster when they got possession started to play a bit more narrow and that created the opportunity for the wide try that they scored but, but Ulster, then, Ulster have to play narrow yeah well, they, they have to yeah, play but I thought they got the, their hands on the ball and they actually played to their type that they needed to for, mm-hmm. for with that narrow play and he narrow low. but as soon as they got that try they went back to this and I think you talked a bit about it there in the kicking and the transition stuff Tom they went back to kicking everything and suddenly it was these long box kicks and it didn't suit their play. Because and that I, allowed Munster back into it. I felt, watching the game back, I felt that Ulster's read in the game was that they could off-ball Munster in the way that Leinster did and the way that Toulouse did. And that I think that's why they upped their kicking volume, which just seemed a little bit more than what they would typically do. I'm just looking at their averages in the URC yeah. over the course of the season. I think that's what, I think they felt they could off-ball Munster once they had the lead, which is, again, like I think Munster's work on transition is improving. I'm not sure that they expected that to go the way that it did, if that makes sense. I think for Munster, I think the, the to me, the difference was in the first half, you had Fekitoa at 12 and Frisch at 13 and you had Crowley at 10. And Munster couldn't find the right way to get the ball from 10 to 13. They, you, you effectively have Fekitoa, who is a strike runner. Right, he, he's he's not necessarily your distributor um, within that. And I think once Munster brought on and moved Crowley out to twelve, it allowed a bit more. You had a second playmaker in there, and it allowed them a bit more. Um, I suppose a lot more options, even on the transition. You have another someone else sitting behind a pod that can that can pass a distribution. Antoine and Frisch, by the way, had twenty three passes. It's a lot the of man is, and like he is a really key guy to Mon. Like I'm looking at Munster, right? I look at Munster's backline. I think they're one or two players off, and finding the right guy to fit in there is important. But Antoine Frisch is already a core guy. You're looking there when you're talking about about second playmakers. That's Antoine Frisch, and I think that he's a guy who Munster can't be without now. He's like a vital player for this team. What I really liked about but- Munster was they got to 80 minutes. And realized they had fewer points than Ulster. I was thinking that that's a problem coming into because, like, yeah, if the referee yeah, blows yeah. his whistle there, oh, they'd have lost. Ulster, yeah, Ulster, Ulster win, and that, and Munster don't they? They don't want that. They actually want the yeah. opposite. But Munster actually recognized that issue, and oh. they said, "If we score more points than Ulster, which they did, and here we are, we're all very happy." Although I don't think anybody in the country was as happy as Owen. When Tom Stewart got a yellow card and Owen is like, another one, another <laughs> one. <laughs> <laughs> I saw him get a yellow. I get down I, for the stats. <laughs> this, this podcast has ruined my life. I saw him get a yellow and my first thought was like, well, Owen will be happy with that now. <laughs> Owen will like, like that now. That's Owen what he liked. He liked that. He liked that. 
a big old, a big old thumbs up in, from on there. Yeah. <laughs> all, all I want is Ulster to get a yellow card and be somewhere close to the double digits or over the double digits in the uh, penalties conceded. That's that's standard now at the moment. Um, no, yeah. the only thing that uh, sort of affected me towards at the very end that you were talking about there was uh, Ben Healy's run up for the conversion. I, oh I my days, yeah. Jesus, he was about eight, ten yards back. My go back. I was like, fucking hell. Like, go back. Like, like, like you, Jeff, I'm also in possession now of a smartwatch that is monitoring my heart rate. Like, my heart rate was going through the fucking roof for this game, right? But the last minute, I'm looking at him like, he's, why is he, why is he so far back from that? Why is he so, giving them, why is he allowing them the chance to try and charge us down? Like, it wasn't that far away. Yeah, I, I was convinced he was going to get charged down for that. Um, I, I would, like, let me tell you, I would have been to to pull out a fancy word, but I think it's appropriate. I would have been disconsolate <laughs> had that been charged down. Because <laughs> herself, oh. herself can't watch the game with me if I'm watching the game on the TV, right? Because I'm I'm unbearable. I'm a, I turn into a big purple man watching the game, right? So, like, um, as Munster were kind of getting back into it, she was watching the game as well in a different room, but on a slight delay. So, like, if anybody's wondering, like, how do I, how am I when I'm covering these games if I'm doing stuff on social media? This is the same when I'm in stadiums. Like, what was I doing when, when Munster scored that try? I was just like, yeah! And she, and she heard it. She was just like, oh, they scored. <laughs> I spoiled the game because she was on a bit of a timer, a bit of a time delay on it. So I was just like... Man, if he if that had been charged down, I would have gone a shade of purple that man has not yet discovered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would have been quite devastating. Um, but I suppose where do Ulster go from here? Because like we and we've discussed it at length over the last couple of weeks. Like Ulster are in a bad, bad rut. Even the win that they got against Connacht, like I think I said it, it wasn't a win. They just didn't lose. They, I was looking at the table today. And I think the loss against Sale and La Rochelle like have kind of clouded it a little bit for me. And I know it's a different competition. Like, but I looked at the URC table today and it said Ulster are third. And I was like, oh, like I thought it was much worse. Now, don't get me wrong, it's tight. And like one win will separate an awful lot of teams. Like Ulster are third on 36 points. Like, whereas you look at Benetton, they're seventh on 29. So like there's not a huge amount between them, let's say. But I kind of looked at it and I was like, oh, okay. Like, I guess they're not going great, but they're still not like, how would you say, mayday, mayday kind of a thing. But uh, don't get me wrong, they still have to start winning games. Like, And um, I think this Benetton game at the weekend is actually going to be a lot stickier than some people may give it credit for. It's got the potential to be fairly sticky. That's away from home, isn't it? Yeah, it's away. Yeah. yeah. That's like a, ben- that's Benetton a aren't going one. badly. Like Benetton are seventh. Yeah, and they, and like they've got they've got good usage out of their test guys, and like they're a they're a sticky team to look to try to put away these days. So I think I think it's a bit of a sticky one, but Ulster just need to win. Be yeah, it by but one, like be it by a hundred. I've, I've, I've not by minus one like they did in South Africa that time, but actually yeah, win the I've, game. I've been asked by a few guys like, as in, what do I think is going wrong with Ulster? And I will say this definitively: I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> because it's just it's very hard because like I look at that team that's a good team like the team that they put out against against uh, Munster the other day like that team probably should have won looking at the balance of both sides and how both teams have done over the course of the season on the whole Um, but I don't know is it something that is it that elements of their for me like the thing I'm thinking of is that their kicking game and the guys who are executing their kicking game that isn't quite right at the moment. That's one of my big takeaways on it because everything else looks like good. Look at their back three. Quality, midfield, quality, back row. I know they had a few guys rotated out for this, but you could train for Mulan there. Front five for this game is very good. I hope as well, by the way, that Marty Moore, oh, Marty Moore is okay. Yeah. Fucking sickened to see that guy off, uh, go off the way he did. He was playing really well. Um, Tom Stewart, great young player. Uh, Rory Sutherland started this game. Quality player as well. For me, I just think it's the balance of their kicking game. For me, your kicking game is a bit like the fuel you put into your into your into your car. I just think they've got the wrong mix there at the moment, and it's not working for them as a result. There's a line in the office, 
uh, the US office and Ryan is like, I don't get it. I did everything right and I still failed. And Dwight is just like, not everything has to be a lesson. Sometimes you just fail. Yeah. And it's kind of a bit like that. It's just like, like you know, Ulster sitting there like, we're doing everything right. And you're like, well, listen, it's just how, it's just what happens sometimes. And like, isn't it so bad that we're here trying to, you know, what's wrong with Ulster? And we go, I don't know. They're just yeah. losing. They're just, like, and, and like, and sometimes there is no grander problem to it other than you could look at a few systemic issues. Like, like, like I think they're like, they're kicking him, like I said, but like just, I think there's a rush to kind of go to almost diagnose them mentally as in like, oh, there's a frailty there. Like as in sometimes you can just lose games and it's more to do with stuff that can be fixed rather than your character being off. Like to me that, I don't know. I, I see a lot of that even after this game, it's happened already this season. Like where pillars are going, oh, the character is this, that or the other. I'm not even sure that I, I think I don't think that's accurate. I think that people are too quick to throw a very nebulous thing about character as a group onto a team. I don't know if it. I don't know if that. I, if that's it. I right. don't. I don't think it's character. I think there are. But whether you class it as tactical or mental, I don't. I don't know because I, I would. Coach, I, I would say only, tactical, only the coaches. Only the coaches know what they're telling the players to do and whether they're actually following it or whether they're reacting to pressure. Right, that's on the field. Like if if you go back to some of these games, I think you're looking at the idea that, like even take the the monster game there. Doak came on, they played the ball narrow, they got ahead. Should they have kept doing the same thing, or should they, you know, they went to the kicking game and they kicked long back to Munster. That gave Munster the ball. Should Ulster have more faith in themselves to take that ball on and keep the ball in hand, or are they happier to t- to kick it? Now the question is, is the coach and the tactics to kick the ball long and then chase it up and go for it. If it is, that's a coaching matter. If the coach isn't telling them that, then he's got to start rotating the players out no matter who it is and saying, you're not following the plan. Fuck you. Out you go. I'll get someone in who can. They have, they have now, to kick though. I'm, like, like their game, like their game with, the, with the pack build they have, they must kick and they must box kick. I think it comes down to the execution of that and elements of their defensive well, press on top of that as well. I, I also think, and this is not going to be a popular opinion, uh, I also think that their halfback, and particularly their scrum half pairings, are overestimated in terms of their ability. And I think I part of that comes, I think part of that comes from their kicking game off the tee, because they do everything, because they're the main playmaker, because it's the they're the ones who are kicking the points, they're always seen on the television, things like that they seem to become, oh, he's brilliant and he should be this and he should be playing for Ireland and all this sort of stuff. I'm not saying that they're bad players, but I just think that they're maybe just overestimated a bit. I thought their, some of their box kicking was very poor. I thought some of the decision-making at times wasn't the best. Um, but then again, look, are they following the game plan or not? I don't know. I, I, think, I presume I, they are. I, I, think that, I think they are, but I think that there's they're, they're an incomplete team at the moment and that I think they need either a kind of a, a big controlling nine to help bring Nathan Doak on. I'm not sure if John Cooney is that guy. I think he's a great scorer, great goal kicker, good player, but I just think that they're, or, or maybe a guy like, you know, a, a kind of a, t- a 10 who can run the sort of game that they're looking to try and play, which I'm not, I think there's a bit of a mismatch between what they need and kind of what they have, if that makes sense. Like with Billy Byrne seems like a guy who'd be more suited to, a kind of a more a more high tempo game, which Ulster don't they don't really play. Like they play a lot off nine and off lot off nine, as do as do Leinster. Mm. I think they'd need a guy a little bit more in the Ross Byrne. Like a Ross Byrne actually would be a fucking great player for Ulster in the system they're playing. But and I think um, Billy Billy Burns would be a great signing for Connacht if you were to swap people actually, around. Weirdly enough, yeah, I think that would work. <laughs> I think that would. Um, so then for we'll go to Benetton against Ulster uh, Saturday. One o'clock in Italy. Who are we going for? That's got all the hallmarks of a fucking slip on the pavement. Your hands are in your jeans and you rip your jeans off trying to pull your hands out to break your fall type of game for Ulster. Where on, on paper, on paper, you would say Ulster should be beating Benetton, but it's away from home. They're on a bad run a tough run they'll have lads talking all week about you know the usual stuff in rugby dressing rooms and you're using come on boys we gotta back this up now boys but you're doing it again now after two or three weeks of it you're kind of sick to death of saying it um they need a win will they get one 
That's the question. I will say this. I don't know. <laughs> and that's why people tune into this podcast. <laughs> that sort of analysis. Um, I am, I'm going to go with a home win in this. I'm going to go for Benetton. Um, I think there's enough there. I think Ulster could easily win this game. I just don't know whether Ulster can turn this around quickly enough. They need they There's, need to target they need to target this game. Well, it, it it's a must win for them now because yeah. like if you if you if you lose this one the, the the slope just becomes almost too big. Like I quite a few people actually in my mentions on social media on Twitter are saying like you know Dan McFarland should be gone. And like you know it's it's not it's not Premier League get big Sam into the you know to the end of the season type stuff. You know, I heard I saw somebody rugby. saying, "Give it to Rory Best at the end of the season." No way! <laughs> I did. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Like say, get get ruined PNR in there. Yeah. That's not even giving the big Sam's type stuff. No, no but like, but, um, but it, but it, I think it's a, it's a side effect though. Of I'm not sure if you know this. People don't like their team losing. <laughs> So you look, you will look for anything in your head to go, well, what will stop this really bad feeling I have now after this game? <laughs> My weekend is ruined and I am disconsolate. Do you know what? Rory Best needs to come in and coach this team. I remember good days when he was, the, when he was playing. So the same will happen as a coach. It's like, it's a side effect though. Of like, I don't think Dan McFarland's under pressure. Like they've backed no. uh, Dan McFarland with like signing Stephen Kitchoff. Like again, it seems like a, a win now type of player. I will say this, like he is under pressure next season though. Like if you bring in those guys, the guys you bring in, you be, you come under pressure for results, especially if you're, how long is he in the job now? You're probably looking up that right now. Sorry, I, think, probably, I think it's no. his fifth year, isn't it? This is, this is his fifth or year. Fourth, fourth anyway. It's something, it's something around that anyway. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's Owen's, like, Owen's Googling furiously. Like the, at, at a certain point, there will come a pressure for results if you don't have them especially if you've been backed bringing in big guys which I think I think it's fair to say that he has you know like Dwayne Vermeulen Kitschoff and uh, you know they've brought in Tamuga Allen and a couple of other guys although I haven't seen has he injured Tamuga Allen? I don't know actually yeah I don't know but yeah I haven't no, seen his name mentioned on the the um, Ulster injury report yeah they've, on, like, on his... but, but what I mean is they have good players and at a certain point you only get easy, you only you only get so many bites of the cherry, really. So who are you going for? I'm gonna go with Ulster. I would like Ulster to win, but I think Benetton might do it. So I'm gonna say Ulster. There you go. Just because Owen said Benetton, and if Ulster did, <laughs> I'd be just slightly further ahead again. And I know he loved that, but Sorry, I think it could, I think I think it could be sticky. I I do think it could be sticky. Yeah. Um. Then we'll stick with Munster next. They have the Lions on Friday night in Musgrave Park. Uh, who do we reckon for this? Going for Jeff, Monster, go just, my Monster, my beloved one. Monster playing. I'm going to go with my beloved Monster. That's a three for Monster then for Friday night. We keep that short and sweet. Uh, moving on then to Connacht at home to the Sharks, Saturday, quarter past five. I suppose it depends on the team the Sharks play. Because if they play that Isn't it? big, fucking, terrifying, beefy, fucking ass pack they have there, <laughs> that's going to that's gonna be a tough one for Connacht. Isn't it so hard doing this before teams are announced? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's such a pain, like. That's um, um that like like again I, I I just think that that sharks pack that they can pick if they do pick that danger zone stuff matchup. yeah, yeah that's a bad matchup. bad matchup yeah I think I'm going sharks on this one personally yeah I'm gonna, I, go, I'm gonna go with sharks also I think I feel I'm gonna go with Connacht on this one Boo. yes yes I <laughs> oh and he's he's digging deep here. <laughs> no, I'm I'm gonna support Connacht on this. I'm I'm hoping that Connacht will have the likes of Beelum and uh Aki and those back. I think I'm hoping they're gonna and 
uh, going to target this game as something that they have to win. I don't know what sort of a team the Sharks are going to put out. They've I'm going to say they've just come through their derby games uh, down in South Africa. They have the internationals there. They may look to rest them um, and rotate their teams a bit for this. It's one of the reasons why I've got, I think, both Munster and Connacht this weekend could have a, a decent chance. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go with Connacht on this one, narrow win. And then we'll move on to Ospreys against Leinster um, Saturday night, half seven. I think I'm going Ospreys on this one. Lol. I am not. Um, I think it's going to be... Uh, we, we all heard Ospreys there for his choice, people. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be very much a Leinster win, I believe. Like, um, think about it. Like, they're on 52 points out of a possible 55 so far this season, like in the URC. I'm sure the three-minute highlight video I will watch of this will be thrilling. And uh, it, it should be a, a Leinster win, I think. Very excited to talk about it next week. <laughs> Ospreys and their three wins all season. I'm just looking it up on the table here. Yeah, <laughs> a Leinster win. Like, I think it could be one of those games, like, you're just watching it and it's, like, quietly efficient. Like, do you know one of those games where it's, 50 points and you're like Jesus I know they scored 10 tries but like that was really boring yeah like, like Robocop arresting a shoplifter kind of like how my entire uh, voice there as I said that last sentence just all like, the excitement yes, of, uh, this this will be a thrilling a thrilling game featuring Leinster against for the, someone uh, with a really boring voice the Leinster Ospreys game should be great I'm really thrilled to watch this. <laughs> and Leinster fans now are like, they're just jealous. It's like, it's like, yeah, okay, maybe a little bit. That's fine as well. But I think like even Leinster fans will have to say like that some of the games have, are kind of a bit, you know, run of the mill, I suppose. Dower. Yeah. I wouldn't say dower. Dower. <laughs> <laughs> dull. Not dour, dull. Efficient. Un, un, uneventful is the best way I'd describe it. Uh, yeah. 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 We'll go with that. Uh, moving on, uh, let's talk about the fly, some fly half news. So, uh, first of all, is uh, Johnny Sexton, who now looks, uh, what, was, what was the way you described it? A mug? Like, 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 oh, a, like, like, like a novelty mug <laughs> with the handle on the side of his head. <laughs> yeah. He's had <laughs> surgery uh, Jesus, today. That's uh, harsh. That's very harsh. <laughs> Fucking hell, the poor man. It's, what, what the, what the, what's the one that the, the English call it? Toby mug, is it? Yeah, the, something the like that. Yeah, it. the face on it, yeah. <laughs> and the handle going out. Um, yeah, he's just had his surgery and he has the, the um, protective thing across it, so it does look a bit like that. Uh, so he, he looks to be out for a few weeks anyway. Um, big loss. Is it Carberry's jersey to take, the Ireland one? And if so, who backs him up? I don't know. Gordon Darcy, Gordon Darcy was talking about Harry Byrne after a good 20 minutes against Connacht in the paper this morning. The same Harry Byrne who didn't get on the pitch down in Toma Park when it was a tight game, is it? Yeah. That Harry Byrne, yeah. That guy. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, that adds up. That, that levels up. We've kind of cycled back around <laughs> on, on Harry, the whole Harry Byrne. Good player. Good player. Good player. Good player. It'll be Kieran Frawley when he comes back from injury now. <laughs> and we'll be right back. It's like Ross Byrne. No way. Harry Byrne only. <laughs> but yeah, I look, I, I think that it'll be Carberry starting, probably. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't want to say it's a, it's a good thing, because it's not, because I think that we'd be more and more likely to win as Six Nations if Johnny Sexton played in every single game. Um, but I suppose it's kind of something that we've, we've also been looking at also, you know, where we're talking about we need to see what this Irish team looks like when Johnny doesn't have control of the Xbox controller. That's, um, that's probably exactly it, isn't it? Like, yeah. As in, it's not the circumstances you'd want to see it happen. Don't get me wrong, but it's a situation that people have been asking to, to see for quite a while. And now it it's, goes, and that, who does that push into number two? Is Jack Crowley now going to be on the bench for the likes of England and France or whatever, if Sexton's not fit? I don't know. Who's the next man up? 
Who is it? Well, that's it. Well, Sam Prendergast. Uh, Charlie Trechter. Um, Charlie Trechter. I, I look for me like you go around the provinces. Billy Burns is seems to be discarded. Jack Carty no. isn't even in the conversation. Um, ben Heaney has today ruled himself out of that by yeah, <laughs> yeah, <he's laughs> very definitive or. Or has he? Or has imagine he? he did get, <laughs> imagine he did get capped and then couldn't play for Scotland for was it three or five years or whatever it is. Like, oh god, fucking sick. If you Ed, Ed, Edinburgh would just be fucking septic after that. Septic. I I, pres- I presume they have bins written in our clauses. Yeah, that's probably that's probably a clause there. Eh? Don't fuck us over. <laughs> please don't play. Please don't decide to play him now. Um, um is, I don't know. Is, is is it Ross Byrne? Oh yeah, Ross Byrne. I. Oh, that's oh, look, a conversation. I, oh, look, I don't think Ross Byrne's style fits what Ireland are trying to do. Ross Byrne is a very good player, but he fits a very specific style. He's a good, he's a good goal kicker. He, like he, he kicked like yeah. like. If you look, at, if you look, if you look at the rest of the game that he had against Australia, like it wasn't great. Like he kicked the winner; it was fabulous. But like, I'm not sure he suits the type of game that Ireland are trying to play. But I yeah. mean, does does Crowley? I, I mean, Crowley is, is is very young. There's elements of his game are still quite raw. We haven't I, don't, really I don't know. Yeah, it's like I don't know. It's like well, it's it, it's a weird. I mean, I I think I think it's between Crowley and Harry and um not Harry uh, Ross Ross Byrne Ross Byrne Ross Byrne and Charlie Char, if, Charlie Tector. Come <laughs> through, or, or there's probably someone in the uh, what was it George Hook used to call them the Willow Park under eights that could do a job for them. Oh, there you go, boy. Yeah. Um. But yeah, look, I I think it's there. I I don't. I think potentially Crowley has a, has a decent chance of getting that. Yeah, I mean, because um, he is he is the guy who has been in camp as of late. He has played for Ireland lately as well. I don't think anything he's done has taken him out of that equation. Not sure anything he's done has necessarily moved him up any chart know. either. That, that Ulster game, he was he very was good. He was very good there. Very good. good. Yeah, as was as is Jimmy O'Brien's also as Jimmy. Uh, sorry, sorry, fabulous player. Sorry, Hugo Keenan. By the fabulous way, player. fabulous player, outstanding, so good. Robert Balakun, fabulous player. Oh, brilliant! Seriously, they're Mac, all Mac Hansen, they're fabulous all great player. players. They're all great yeah. players. Do you know his first but name is just... actually McKenzie, and it's not Mac? It's a, that's just a shortened version of it. Thrilling. It's just in this one instance, we just happened to be talking about a monster player. Yeah, it's, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Don't worry. We covered all the bases there. Jimmy O'Brien's still a fabulous player. He is great. Looks great as well. Hair is fabulous. He's a um, fabulous you look at, uh, at Jack Rowdy, though. I think that he's, he gives you a bit of versatility, I suppose, in theory. I mean, I'm not sure are they going to look at him as a 12, but like he has been on the field. He has been playing. Because again, I don't think you look at Jack Crowley over the last couple of weeks when he's been playing 12 and go, yeah, he's been fucking... Harry Byrne played 12. He did, he did, yes. yes. Very he's good back in, Very He's good. back in the mix. Yeah, these these guys, like, he's not playing like Robbie Henshaw there. Like, he's essentially playing like a 10, but he's got 12 in his back. And he's shown good athleticism, uh, good pass quality. Um, and like I said, elements of his game are raw, sure. But I think he's been playing pretty well and not at the stage where you'd be just, like, disqualifying him already. Um, for I mean, certainly for the sake of Harry Byrne, who's played, like, 20 minutes off the bench against Connacht. I, I would say that and we talked about this earlier earlier on, <laughs> earlier on we talked about this early on in the season and we said if the emerging Ireland tour was to mean anything you had to back the players that went on it right so mm-hmm. on that basis you will be saying Crowley went on the emerging Ireland tour played in the autumn internationals is he not the next guy up or else, right? Or else playing the. Or else, what was the, the fucking point of the emerging Ireland tour? Right? Playing the playing the wind hook Greek quest was for nothing. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and then, but I think it also does open up something that it's now between potentially Crowley and Kieran Frawley to be that third ten sort of utility back that Farrell may want for his World Cup squad. Yeah, I suppose it depends, um, on, it depends on how Frawley finishes the season. Yeah. You know? Uh, but what, what what was his injury prognosis, by the way? Um, I can't remember now at this point. Because I, I, I know he had a knee injury, but I'm not sure if they gave a time on it or what type of knee injury it was. I suppose he needs to get back and needs to play a big run in, a big part of Leinster's run, and I suppose to kind of make up that ground, I suppose. Yeah. And it's, you know, if... Joey, Joey isn't the most um, 
durable, durable, <laughs> durable, of, of, durable of tens. It's not. Uh, it wouldn't be unexpected to see him pick up a knock between now and the end of the Six Nations that may allow someone else to come in and start Six Nations games. So you could see someone really take a chance. I'd love, to, I'd love to see Joey turn into a right tyrant at Ireland camp. Like when Johnny's not there, just turn into a right tyrant, like running around the place, like, who put these holes in my belt? Just really fucking laying into people, upping standards. Give us some, give us some part, just following him around Carton House looking for him every two minutes. <laughs> well, like, that's what this does, though. I think I saw, I th- I'm not sure I saw a quote there today from someone. I don't know. I think it was James Ryan and uh, James Lowe were talking about how it's certainly different that the atmosphere around when Johnny isn't there is, is different. And it's like, this is a good test thing for Ireland to see if Johnny's not in the room, who's driving training, who's driving, who's leading the week, who's doing all this. And like, can't like do Ireland need to be led by Johnny Sexton to be the number one team in the world? That's the question. I suppose like we're coming into the Six Nations with the games that are coming up, like against Wales first up, no Johnny Sexton for that. That's going to be a fucking tricky one. And it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. Another uh, out half rumour that has floated in the last 24 hours, I suppose, is uh, Jake Flannery back to Munster. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard that. That That'd would make sense. To watch. Yeah. It would make sense given... Because I, I think... He's only on a year contract with Ulster. Yeah, like, I think if you, look at, if you look at the business that Munster did last year when Johan was still the main guy, they would have been discussing the contracts around the time when he was still, you know, and set to be the head coach for the next two years before he handed in his notice. Um, Ben Healy suited the way that Munster were playing far better than what Jake Flannery did. But I feel now, if Jake Flannery was to move back, the way Munster are playing now, much it suits Jake Jake Flannery's style a lot more for me, if that were to happen. Be interesting, just to put a pin in. What about Ben Healy though? Great move for him. Off to Edinburgh. Great move. Great, great move. And he wants to play international rugby. He's not getting the minutes now. He's not getting any bites now. He's eligible to play for Scotland. More power to him. I hope. I, well, I saw a lot. Very well. I saw, as is my, I'm cursed to scroll through and see a lot of stupid bullshit on the internet. I had people today suggesting that the IRFU should have given him a central contract. I had people today suggesting that um, it was a disgrace. He was being let go by Munster Rugby. What are we doing? And who offered him a contract? Who offered him a contract, by the way? But the thing is, right, on my own platform, threeredkings.com, patreon.com, four slash three redkings, I've been speaking about this season that essentially Monster would have a choice where you would have to make a choice between are you going to go with Jack Crowley or are you going to go with Ben Healy? That's essentially the choice that would be there. Now, it's not a case one guy gets a contract, the other guy doesn't, but there would be a focus you have to kind of go with one guy over the other to a certain extent. I think Munster with the style of play that we're going around this season have kind of made that choice by default. And that leaves Ben Healy with a choice where if he was signing a contract, I feel it would be as a cover guy. He's not involved at the at Irish level. He hasn't been in one camp. He hasn't wasn't brought in the Emerging Ireland Tour, which I think was a big deal as well. This is a great move for Ben Healy. I also love the people who say like I, he, the IRFU should have told him or forced him to go to Connacht or Ulster or something like that. A la, do you remember when um, people were saying that, oh, what's his name? Ali John Yeager. Ryan. No, oh. Ali, Ali Yeager um, is giving up on Ireland to play for New Zealand. It's like, no, 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 no. You phrased that incorrectly. He <laughs> wants to play for New Zealand. Yeah. <laughs> Like, realistically, like, did they think that, look, okay, just, you're moving to Galway now. <laughs> like, hi, what hi do ben, they think is going to happen hi, there? Hi, Ben, David here. Yeah, you're you're going to Galway. I don't like, want to. Yeah, yeah, listen. No, yeah, no, all no. the best. All no, the best. No. Bus, bus leaves tomorrow. All you're doing you're doing that, Ben. Or else my IRFU rugby thugs will be around the place. <laughs> and you'll be made go there. You don't want to see me angry, Ben. <laughs> You're going to go away, Ben. I don't want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am having chips for dinner. Thank you very much. All Thanks, right. Bye, bye, bye. It's like, no, now actually I've changed my mind. Now you're going to Ulster. 
That's where you're going. To Belfast, you're going, Ben. It's like, what do they think? It's like, how do they think this? Like, it doesn't work that way. Like, people have this idea that, like, and this is particularly true when Leinster players move elsewhere. They're just like, oh, he was made to do that. <laughs> he was forced. He was forced to leave. That's why David Nusafora, that's what he fucking did. They talked him into it. Sometimes they just want to move. That's sometimes, it. Sometimes, believe it or not, an individual's own desire comes into the picture. Maybe he likes Edinburgh. Maybe he likes yeah. the look of it up there. Maybe Great city. My love it. And it's like he's going like the thing is he's going to get test caps there. Like realistically, is that going to happen in Ireland anytime soon? No. No. I think oh. when he was overlooked for New Zealand for Harry Byrne and then didn't go on any tours or anything like that, Emerging Ireland tour and stuff. It was like writings on the wall kind of a thing. Yeah. Look, I, I think it's, it's a, to me, it's a very simple thing. Ben Healy was, was offered a contract by Munster. It was most likely to be third choice and a payment equivalent of a third choice, third in the depth chart at 10. Scotland came in and because Edinburgh could offer effectively international money, to him, that's not something else that was available to the to the other Irish provinces for someone in that uh, position. Best of luck to him. Hope it works out, and he can do what he wants. Imagine, imagine, imagine him standing over the penalty for Scotland against Ireland in the World Cup next year. That is possible with the game of the line. Cool, yeah. Wouldn't that be something? <laughs> John Cooney, maybe <laughs> <laughs> as his half partner. <laughs> but you know what? Um, I, I just love to see fellas backing themselves. That's what I like seeing. A fella there had an opportunity because I think we have this idea that you have to sit in the depth chart until you're fucking 27, 28, third or fourth choice, waiting for fellas to get injured. He's saying, No, I want to back myself. I'm going to try it elsewhere. And fair fucks to Exactly. Right. So I think that's enough. We'll round it up there, folks. Thank you very much for listening to our ramblings and for supporting the podcast. Please do rate and review the podcast on whatever platform you listen, as it really helps. And be sure to share the podcast on social media. Hope you have a good week. The three of us will be back again next week to chat.